Hey Tom, what are we talking about tonight? <laughs> the same thing we talk about every day, Dan. How to evangelize the world. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if if we are if we were pinky in the brain, which mm-hmm. of us would be the brain? Which of us would be pinky? Mm. I'm more cold than you, I think. But I also yeah, you're nicer than I am. But okay, I actually so I'm probably think that... pinky. Pinky's but the skinny. I, and you are taller. <laughs> yeah, you are you are um tall and, and skinny and I am shorter and fat. And chubby. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But I, yeah, I but you're jolly. It's... You're jolly. Mm. You're jolly. The brain's not jolly. Uh, well, no. For anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, we're talking about a, an old nineties <laughs> <90s laughs> cartoon. Nineties cartoon, yeah. Called Pinky in the Brain. Look, just look it up. It's a very good series. Good series. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Oh dear. Anyway. anyway, here we are, episode two of Light from Light. I'm Daniel, and you are the brain. <laughs> I'm no joking, brother Thomas Therese. <laughs> OP. And oh, if yeah, you want to know OP. what OP means, listen Watch to our first video. episode. <laughs> well, it's not a video, is it? No, it's an oh. audio. You can listen to it. The video's coming soon. So today's episode, we're talking about recognizing God's presence in our lives. I think this is a really important subject, and I think you do as well, Brother Thomas, because mm. we're well, it's quite pertinent. We're recording at the beginning of 2021 when England is in the midst of another lockdown because of the coronavirus. Well, many nations are in the midst of lockdown and going to church becomes harder because either they're shut or uh, people are self-isolating or shielding. Mm-hmm. So, And I think in the midst of this, a common question comes up or a common theme of questions comes up. How can I know God's presence in my life? Or where is God present in my life? Because uh, I think in my role, this sort of question or a play on this sort of question comes up a lot. Uh, would you say this is an important subject as well? I, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, when I did your job back in Shepherd's Bush, I used to always, I mean, well, you, I mean, you know my, my sort of style. I tend to ask three questions, get people to talk about it, come back and then... I would reply and respond to their respond to their answers, and then ask them three more questions yeah, based loved, on those things. You love being on the spot, put on the spot. <laughs> I do. I, I used to say like, oh, you know, now we'll see. Now we'll see what my degree is. Uh, what my degree is worth, um, and it's true. I mean, then you get to respond to people's questions. You know, the actual questions that they actually have, and mm, um, they can see important. and practice that the church wants to listen to them and hear from them and learn from them. Um, I remember saying to them, uh, you know, after sort of establishing who God is, I would then move on to, well, does God speak to us? Does God communicate to us? And without fail, (laughs) every single year, right, every single year. And now I had two Holy Communion groups, one on a Monday, one on a Tuesday for all three of those years. So that was what, in each group, probably about 20 parents or so. So that's what, 40... 80 i'm really not good at maths is that 120 something like that yeah <laughs> a lot of people anyway a lot of people <laughs> in the first Holy communion parents um who almost resoundingly said no when i said does god communicate to you god does god speak to you with you they always said no and it was the same thing for my confirmation candidates my confirmation uh, program paralleled the the first holy communion parents program 
and again they would they would always say no uh, but of course <laughs> the, the answer is the opposite the answer is yes god does speak with you yes god does communicate he does communicate uh, mm. with us actually um, it, it reminds me of a, a similar question which i ask in, in in my job i ask the teenagers and the parents so i say obviously god communicated to the people of the old testament and jesus mm -hmm. walked this earth and communicated through speech and through actions with people but what happened after jesus ascended does god still speak to us if he does how does he speak to us and i i suppose it's a similar uh, approach to to yours tom so yeah i like to ask that question did jesus plan for his ascension and how he would how would he communicate with people after his ascension mm. And, and, you, and you know as well provide the answer yes he does <laughs> <laughs> yes he does yes he does you know and, and why, why is this question important you know i remember talking to one of my confirmation candidates and they said you know how can i believe in a god who communicates with me in a god who is love when i don't believe in in love right when when i find it you know they'd have a an image of god which is a false image that god is far apart from us so far removed mm. from us maybe like what what we would call a platonic image of the divine so plato being obviously a philosopher uh, from ancient greece uh, believing that sort of everything is created from a sort of pre-existing matter and it's just molded um rather than actually created um yeah and, a realm of the of the forms yeah like things in this world I, don't exist it's the and, yeah that exist yeah and that god is like god is detached from reality detached from the world he's not interested in us he's not interested in our lives he's not interested in creation which couldn't be further from the christian uh view of god so this is this is exactly why it's so so vital and so important it's a matter of truth and it's a matter of love so mm -hmm. i think what how do we you know what is it that makes us think that god communicates with us right well one the fact that <laughs> the fact that he has uh, but why would why would he still communicate with us and what sort of what sort of things uh, might we look for what sort of things might might we look to so that god desires to communicate with us comes out of the of, of who god is right so if we say you know who is god most people would say oh god is the creator of everything that is uh some people uh would go as far as to say that god is you know, the father the son and the holy spirit the source of life the source of goodness truth beauty uh, they might quote 1 john 4 16 god is love this is the key thing isn't it right you know if god is perfect if god is if god is love doesn't that mean that there would be some sort of expression of that mm. love is not not something that's isolated any is it couple it, remi it reminds me of any family if you love someone you want to show them I mean, we, when mm. we're recording this it's you know soon after christmas and at christmas you want to express your love for those around you by given them something or by communicating that love in in some way i suppose what's, that's what you're you're saying there it's in it's within could we say that it was within the nature of god to communicate love yeah yeah and this is this is this is part of what we're talking about when we're talking about the trinity right and why that trinitarian love is self-sufficient the the father communicates perfect love 
to the Son and the Son to the Father and the Holy Spirit. You know, it's a communion of love. God is not alone. God is not lonely. And this is one of the ways in which we say that God is self-sufficient. But from the abundance of that love, from the abundance of that love, you have creation. And God is so intimately connected with creation by the fact that it's that God sustains everything in being. That this is one of the ways in which God communicates his love for us, right? So the fact that we exist, the fact that there is something rather than nothing, the fact that even when things go wrong, the fact that even when we sin, even when bad things happen, the fact that we don't cease to exist is an expression of the all-powerful, ever-consuming love of God, right? So that's that's mm. the first way in which we, we, we know that God loves us the fact that we are, the fact that we exist, and every good gift that we have follows on from the fact that we were first loved into being by him. So that's one of the first, <laughs> you know what I've realized? I realized at the end, every time I make a point, I always say, right, right, right. <laughs> but it's and true, I do right? this one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, think, I think there's something very true and natural in that, that we have a, an understanding of who God is, that then means that it's something that is so natural for God to do, is to communicate himself, to communicate love, always and everywhere, right? Because if God is love, and then he will want to communicate, he will want to, to communicate that love, his love is creative, his love is transforming, but also God cannot change. So we change, the universe changes, all creative, all created order changes, but God does not change. And so God cannot be anything other than love. And what a great source of hope that is for us, isn't it? You know, mm. that God is love, he can't be anything other than love. And so then God will always be trying to communicate his love to us. But in his love, he has made us free. He wills us the good of freedom. He wills us the good of liberty. And this means that we can choose to accept that love and so thus flourish as human beings, become more loving, become more generous, forgiving, uh, you know, de develop and grow in, our, in, in the uh, life of virtue and flourish as human beings. Or it means we can reject those things. And this is why sin is so serious, isn't it? Because if we turn away from, from God, who is the source of love, truth, goodness, beauty, we're turning away from the source of all of those good things. I'm thinking about mm. love is willing the good of the other as other. Mm -hmm. So when we think about God, God doesn't need our existence. He doesn't need us uh, to love him. But yet he freely chooses to to create us and gives us the, the free choice of how we respond to yeah. his communication and his his invitation. So going back to our question then, how does God communicate to us? Because obviously in the Old Testament, it's quite clear God communicates to his prophets he communicates to the people of salvation history mm -hmm. and in, in different Pharaoh, ways the Babylonian king yeah even to those who aren't in within Israel's uh, family at the time mm -hmm. and then even in the New Testament we have Jesus walking this earth communicating with people through different ways through speech through actions but then Jesus ascends to heaven so the question then is mm -hmm. how does God communicate to us how does jesus communicate mm. to us after he has ascended into to mm. heaven and then how does he communicate to us now 
Yeah, I mean, this is the the second part of the question that I'd ask my confirmation candidates and my first world communion parents. If God was going to communicate, so they've they've already resoundingly said no, right? <laughs> they've already resoundingly said that no, He doesn't communicate with us. So then my question becomes, well, okay, say, right? Let's all go home then. <laughs> <laughs> then I say, okay, if God was going to communicate with you, if God was going to communicate with us, how would He do it? And then I'd send them away and they'd all talk about it. And they'd all come back with actually really good answers. Um, and of course, the, the, the truth, well, the way that I describe it is that through absolutely everything, God is communicating to us. God communicates his love to us. So I just spoke about, for example, through being, right? But God is present in many different ways, right? So you, you just spoke about there, about how uh, Jesus ascended into heaven, right? So then there's a question about, the presence of God with us. If Jesus is Emmanuel, God is with us. If Jesus yeah. is and God with goes. us, <laughs> yeah. Does that, does that mean that God is no longer with us, right? Then, Because he, then he's he ascended to heaven. That. He says before uh, that he that he will never leave us orphans. But then he goes. Exactly, exactly. Do you remember where that is in in scripture? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. I am. Yeah, I think it's the end of Matthew's gospel, isn't it? I will be with you always, even yeah. to the end of time. Um, but yeah, so Jesus is locally in heaven. You know, his his body is is he is bodily in in heaven, but he's also sacramentally present in the Eucharist, and he's also mystically present in the church. Now, all of these presences are true, real presences, right? So he hasn't left us. He hasn't left us orphans. Uh, we we yeah. Anyway, so there are many different sorts of presences, and it makes sense then that all of these presences are ways in which God communicates to us. Because what is the ultimate communication of God Himself, of His of who He is, and of of everything? Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. The spoken mm. word, you know, in, in John's gospel, there's a Greek word called logos, which is like a, a the spoken, the spoken verb, as it were. It's, it's an active, an active uh, speech. Uh, so it's a spoken, it's the spoken word. But who is the spoken word? Jesus Christ, right? So it makes, you know, so yes, there is a communication uh, in the person of Jesus Christ in a unique way when he becomes human and through his teaching, through his life, through his teaching, through his suffering and his passion, through his death, through his resurrection and ascension. But also he sends the Holy Spirit. He says, you know, I'm going to go, I think this is in Luke's gospel. He says, I'm going to go to heaven, go back to Jerusalem and I'll send you another comforter. He ascends to heaven. The Holy Spirit comes in and amongst the church. And when he appears to Saint, uh, Saint Paul, after he has stoned Stephen, what does he say? Saul, Saul, why have you persecuted me? Why have you persecuted me? But who is he talking about? He's talking, he's talking about Saint Stephen, right? He's talking about the church. So there is a sense in which Uh, and you you mentioned something uh, actually the other day which which was very good about the end of the gospel of of Matthew with the parable of the sheep and the goats whatsoever you do to the least of these my brethren that you do to me right yeah when I was I was I was talking mm -hmm. to a, a, a family uh, about this um, a, a mother with uh, two small children and and her 
and her husband. And she was asking me about how can she help her children see God's presence in their lives mm-hmm. um, as the, as they grow up. And wh- what I was thinking about was the end of Matthew's gospel there. As Jesus is judging the nations, uh, he says, uh, as you said, uh, as you did to the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. And what he means there is feeding the hungry, uh, clothing the naked, mm-hmm. giving water to those who are thirsty, etc. And I tell you what, when you do those things, God really does speak to you. Yeah. You and learn it, so much about God through doing those actions, through yeah. doing those things. And even I, I think the when you read Matthew 25, the, the people respond by saying, when did we do these things or when did mm-hmm. we do these things to you? And Jesus mm-hmm. says, when you did these to the least of these. So not even necessarily in the moment do you see that God is present there. But in hindsight, sometimes you see that God is present when I was serving that person. Yeah. Uh, Jesus was present there in that moment. And I think that's really important to remember in life. So I was saying to this lady, uh, teach your children to give of the love that they have received from God. And uh, then when, when I went away from that conversation, I was thinking of a, um, an anecdotal story. So St. John, John Henry Newman, obviously canonized recently, uh, a great saint of, of the English church. He, he wrote many many different prayers and many different books. And uh, he was a, a heavyweight, really, of the intellectual tradition. He wrote a, a prayer, which is very beautiful, which was taken up by Mother Teresa and given to her sisters. And one line here that says, shine through me and be so in me that every soul I come into contact with may feel your presence in my soul. And I think that's how, well, one way of how God can communicate uh, his presence to other people, even in a way where where you, you don't even recognise that God is is present through you. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, you you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I, I I completely agree. You know, and you think this is as well why Saint Paul says that we are ambassadors for Christ. You know, an ambassador doesn't speak on their own authority. Mm-hmm. An ambassador speaks on behalf of the person who sent them. So I, I think absolutely, yeah, no, <laughs> basically, I just completely agree with you. Mother Teresa also said something like, um, oh, let, oh, what was it? Oh, it's going to escape me now, isn't it? Uh, come, come back to it, come back. To yeah, it. <laughs> we'll come back to it. it. Anyway, it's a sort of, it's a paraphrase of what St. John the Baptist says in scripture. You know, I must decrease, he must increase. Um, it's, you know, may no longer people see me, but only Christ who lives in me. I think mm. that's it, basically, <laughs> in a nutshell. But it's a, it's a wonderful and special privilege, actually, mm. when you think about it, that you, in loving someone else and in sharing God's love with someone else, yeah, they see mm. God. Mm-hmm. What, a, what a privilege that they may yeah. see God and, and you may not get in the way. Of you, you just of said that. something really beautiful, and I'm, I'm not really, I'm not really sure if, if you realise what you just said. About you've just implied that that our love is a participation of God's love for the other, which I, I, I is mm. really, really a, a beautiful way to yeah, I, I, beautiful I way I to see these that. things. I knew I was. Saying <laughs> that. There's something else about this uh, communication which I think is very, very interesting that we can learn from. So not only is is uh, Jesus the self-communication, the divine self-disclosure of God, but we've just obviously reflected on how people can communicate God's love, how people can communicate 
who God is, uh, and people can communicate. Uh, people can communicate the way to the Father, and of course, this is one of the reasons why God becomes human uh, to to communicate this. But there's something else that we can learn from this, which I think is really really crucial, is that God then communicates through other people, which then makes the church to some extent necessary, doesn't it? Or that in God, in his wisdom, has chosen the church and chosen us to participate in his work, in his, in his, uh, in his action. And I, so I, I think that's something that's, um, yeah, there is a communal element and there is an element of faith to all of these things. Father Paul Murray likes to tell the story of a friar in the Irish province uh, where he says, you will have just enough light to see and just enough darkness to doubt. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that can be very, very true when it comes to God's communication. And it's because faith is important. It's because he desires us to trust him in his wisdom and trust each other, right? So this is why we trust each other. And uh, there's this communal element, there's this faith element, which is intertwined. And I think this is why very often when it comes to God's communication with us, there's just enough light to see and just enough darkness to doubt. I think there's something very, very true, very, very true in that. Mm. Well, I, I was thinking there that you, you see it in the life of Jesus, that he calls people to him and ask them to participate in his life, in, in mm -hmm. his ministry. So he sends out the apostles, he sends out the 72 to to go and heal other people in his name. So participate in, in his life and in, and in his power. Uh, I have a question for you, Tom. Uh oh. <laughs> I'd like to put you on the well, spot. I know, I know you, you like to be put on the spot anyway. So <laughs> how does God communicate with you? On a personal level. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's a good question. In many varied ways, right? So he communicates through scripture. He communicates through the liturgy, through the sacraments with, with us personally, with me personally. He communicates also through the brethren, through the church. So, for example, I'll give you an example. How do I know that I was called to be a Dominican friar? Well, there are many things that happened to me which led me on this path, right? So firstly, I had a desire and a passion which uh, sort of arose in me when I heard Dominicans preach the word of God. I, I have to say, when I was younger, I never thought I would ever be a friar. I'd met the Franciscans and I realized I wasn't called to be a Franciscan. So I just thought that was religious life out the window. Um, but later when I, when I saw the Dominicans actually first on YouTube, and then when I met them and I heard them preach, something came alive within me, right? There was something that came alive. And it reminded me of the end of the Gospel of Luke, when the two disciples are walking on the road to Emmaus. And one turns to the other and says, did our hearts not burn within us when he un unlocked, unfolded the scriptures for us? And that's exactly how I felt when I uh, encountered Dominicans. So I thought, I have to pursue this further. So, you know, very often when God communicates to us in those sorts of ways, it's in a way which is not um, beyond doubt. I mean, to, to most people, that could sound like, oh, well, you know, that's just you thinking X, Y and Z or whatever. 
And um, of course, then you have to test these things. So what did I do? I went and I spoke to a vocations director. Uh, and then over the period of a year, you know, we had uh, lots of discernment. I went and visited houses. Um, there were lots of like small conversations that I had, lots of things that, that uh, came to me in prayer. But how do I know that any of these things carry any significance and they're not just going on in my head? When the church confirms yeah, your vocation, when the church, the mystical body of Christ, speaks to you confirming your vocation, it is Christ confirming your vocation. Just as we remember, you know, the the uh, the passages of scripture we quoted before, whatsoever you do to the least of these, my brethren, saw, saw, why are you persecuting me? You know, you're ambassadors for Christ. Uh, whatever you consider bound on earth is considered bound uh, in heaven. Whatever you consider loose on earth is loosed in heaven, as, as Jesus says to Peter um, in Matthew 16. Um, all of these things suggest that the church has the authority to speak with the authority of Jesus Christ, right? So how do I know that all of these little things are not just uh, my imagination or my longings or some sort of psychological uh, sort of uh, thing, right, that I'm sort of coming up with just because I want it? I submit myself to those things being tested by the church because as far, th those sort of things would be what we call private revelations, right? Or sort of private insights that, that are given to us by God to encourage us uh, in his wisdom to freely choose, uh, to freely choose these things, to freely choose these, these goods. Um, and then I submit myself to the scrutiny of the church and then when I when I made my vows, when the church heard heard my vows and permitted me to make my vows publicly, that then was the sign from God, Christ, uh, of of my uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> that then is the Relation. sign. You know, when when the church receives my vows, the church permits me to make my vows. That then is the sign that this is my vocation. In the same way, you know, when people are married and they. Uh, uh, they pay their vows to each other, you know, that then is the sign that they are called to be married. So when we talk about the sacraments uh, being, oh, I'm going to get the phrase wrong now, my brethren are going to rip me to shreds for it, ex opere operato, I think. Um, the That then means basically like by the action itself, you know, right? So by the action itself mm. of two people marrying each other, they know that then they're called to be married. By the... And, there are certain things that maybe we can have another episode on discernment <laughs> that might be useful um, because so, it's yeah. not necessarily that in every situation what you think is is uh, necessarily from God, which is then why we submit ourselves to the scrutiny of the mystical body of Christ, of the community of Christ speaking through his church. Mm. I think what your example there, the example you mentioned, is actually a, it leads on to something that can that we can wrap up this episode with mm. and that's that jesus leaves us or god leaves us with the choice to respond so in in all of these examples but especially with the example you you just shared there about how you became a dominican and how mm. you had that confirmed you're, you're always left with the choice of how you will respond to god's yes. communication will you serve right that's the question will you serve 
Yeah, and and an invitation, and that actually is is true love as well. True love、mm. leaves you with the free choice、yeah. to say yes or to. And what to greater love、that. has a man than this than to lay down his life for his friends? You know, the other the, another example I was thinking about talking about was the experience of going to Lords. So maybe we should also have another episode <laughs> about Lords and you know the message of Lords and the spirituality of Lords and things and our own personal experiences of Lords.、Um, But I would definitely say that God has communicated a lot,、uh, a lot to us through Lords.、Um, yeah, on a personal level, and also on a on a、uh, larger level for for the church and things. Yeah,、um, yeah. Maybe I should just leave it there before I overrun. <laughs> We might overrun if you carry on talking. But again, Lords again is again, isn't it? Is all about service.、Mm. Yeah,、and、almost we, all about of, service. <laughs> A lot of people it's a learn. Big, it's a big part of it. I think a lot of people learn how to love as well.、Mm-hmm. They、Or、do. I always see in Lords the world almost turned upside down. Yeah. So the the least important in that in utilitarian worldview that you know you're good in as much as you're useful、mm, uh, is completely, completely turned, turned upside down. down. People anyway, who are disabled and for another episode, another episode, another episode, another episode. So there we are. So we're going to wrap this up. So we'll be back very soon. Did you enjoy yourself? <laughs> I enjoyed myself. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if the listeners did. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, until our next episode. Thank you.